1: And now, Hebraic Roots teacher Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries International.
0: Shalom. I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries. And we welcome you to today's teaching on the subject, Two Houses and the New Testament. This is part six of the series. In being redeemed out of Egypt, the purpose was for the children of Israel to initially come to Mount Sinai, where by receiving commandments of the God of Israel, they would be able to serve the one who redeemed them out of Egypt. Now, the one who redeemed the children of Israel out of Egypt, the one that's the lawgiver, is Yeshua, the Messiah. And in serving him, they would ultimately be able to go to their ultimate destination, which is the promised land, and then a specific place in the the promised land, and that is the city of Jerusalem. So in coming out of Egypt, the children of Israel were to come to Mount Sinai, and there receive commandments where they would serve the one who redeemed them. We can see this in Exodus in chapter 3, in verses 11 and 12, as it is written, and Moses said unto God, who am I that I should go unto Pharaoh and that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt? And he said, certainly I will be with you and this shall be a token unto you that I sent you. When you've brought forth the people out of Egypt, you will serve God upon this mountain. The Torah then was given or taught from a mountain. Isaiah chapter 19 and verse three, and Moses went up unto God and the Lord called unto him out of the mountain. saying, Thus you shall say to the house of Jacob and tell the children of Israel. In Messianic times, the Torah will be taught from the mountain of the Lord. This mountain of the Lord is in Jerusalem. Isaiah chapter 2 and verse 3, it is written, And many people will go and say, Come and let us go to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways. We will walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the Torah in the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. You can see that originally the Torah was given on a mountain, Mount Sinai, and then in Messianic times, the Torah will be taught from the mountain of the Lord in Jerusalem. The nation of Israel received the Torah at Mount Sinai. Exodus chapter 24 and verse 12, it is written, and the Lord said to Moses, come up to me into the mount and be there, and I will give you tables of stone and a Torah and commandments, which I have written, that you may teach them. Now, in Matthew, in chapter 1, I want you to understand this picture that we're painting for you. Matthew chapter one, the miracle birth of Messiah, even as the nation of Israel experienced a miracle birth. And then Matthew chapter two, the events surrounding Yeshua's birth caused him ultimately to go to Egypt. He came out of Egypt. Matthew chapter three, he gets immersed in the Jordan. Matthew chapter 4, he's in the wilderness being tempted. And then Matthew in chapter 5, he then teaches Torah from a mountain, paralleling what happened to the nation of Israel. That what happens to Israel happens to the Messiah. What happens to the Messiah happens to Israel. So let's see what Yeshua taught on the mount from Matthew in chapter 5 in verses 1 and 2 it is written, And seeing the multitudes, he went up into a mountain, and when he was set, his disciples came unto him, and he opened his mouth, and he taught them saying. Now, there is an understanding within Orthodox Judaism that the Messiah will reveal the sowed, or the deeper understanding of the Torah. And in the book Anticipating the Redemption, volume 2, in page 36, written by Rabbi Menachem Schneerson, he goes on to explain that the Messiah will be called both a teacher and a king. Messiah will teach the Torah to the entire Jewish people and convey a fine, discerning, and knowledgeable appreciation of the Torah's mystical secrets. And that is known as the Sod of the Torah. Rabbi Schneerson explains this in his book from Exile to Redemption, Volume 1, page 158, that the Sod is the mystical dimension of the Torah and that the coming of the Messiah is the revelation of the innermost mystical dimension of the Torah. Rabbi Schneerson, furthermore, in explaining this principle from his book, From Exile to Redemption, Volume 2, page 10, he writes, Messiah will teach all of Israel the mystical depths of the Torah and the reasons hidden within the Torah, which will be revealed in the future time. Now, the sowed of the Torah is referred to in the New Testament as mysteries. It doesn't mean something that you can't understand. It means a deeper hidden meaning. Proverbs chapter 1 verse 6, it says to understand a proverb, or you might say a parable, and the interpretation. So a proverb or a parable Proverbs 1, 6 says, is a word of the wise. And a proverb and a parable is a dark saying, a deep saying, a hidden saying. Yeshua was asked in Matthew chapter 13, verse 10, why speak you unto them in parables? And Yeshua answered in Matthew 13, 11, because it's given unto you to know the mysteries. That is the sowed of the Torah. But to them, it is not given. In other words, the sowed of the Torah is... Hidden code. And those who know the Torah and Torah principles will be able to understand when the hidden code is revealed the meaning of the hidden code. But those who don't know the Torah and Torah principles, they will not be able to discern the hidden code. So he says, I'm going to speak in parables. I'm going to teach the sub level of the Torah so that those who are seeking to follow after me and they understand the Torah will understand. They will still understand what I'm teaching and sharing. But those who don't have a heart for me, don't want to follow after me in my ways, they won't understand. That is why I speak and teach the Torah in parables. Paul explained in 1 Corinthians in chapter 2, verse 7, but we speak the wisdom of God. The wisdom of God is the deeper understanding of the Torah. We do it in a mystery. That's the sowed level of the Torah. Even the hidden wisdom. Now, in... Matthew in chapter 5, in verse 1, Yeshua is on the mountain teaching Torah to the multitudes. Now, he literally was teaching to a large number of people, so large that this large number of people is called a multitude of people. But at the sowed level, at the deeper hidden meaning of what he's doing He is teaching to the exiles of Israel, and specifically, he's teaching to Ephraim. Why? Because in the blessing that is given to Ephraim in Genesis in chapter 48, in his blessing of multiplication... Ephraim is regarded as a multitude of people or a multitude of nations. Genesis chapter 48, verse 14 and verse 19. In Israel stretched out his right hand and laid it upon Ephraim's head, who was the younger, and his left hand upon Manasseh's head, guiding his hands wittingly. For Manasseh was the firstborn. His younger brother, it is prophesied, that is Ephraim, shall be greater than he, that is Manasseh, and his seed shall become a multitude of nations. Yeshua is teaching to the multitudes in Matthew and chapter 5. So at the deeper level, at the sowed level, Messiah's got to come and teach the sowed level of the Torah. At the so level, he is speaking to the northern kingdom or Ephraim, scattered in the nations, and giving instruction unto them. Matthew chapter four verse twenty-five. It is written, and there followed him great multitudes of people from Galilee and from Decapolis and from Jerusalem and from Judea and from beyond Jordan. Matthew chapter five verses one and two. And seeing the multitudes, he went up into a mountain, and when he was set, his disciples came unto him, and he opened his mouth and he Taught them. Now he's going to be addressing them in Matthew chapter 5, verse 3, as being poor in spirit. Now, poor is a term that is associated with the exiles of Israel. The nation of Israel is regarded as being poor and afflicted. From the Sinchino, Midrash Rabbah, volume 3, page 383, it is written, When Israel asked God, Who are your people? the reply was, The poor. For it says, For the Lord has comforted his people and has compassion upon his poor. And this is a quote from the book of Isaiah. The nation of Israel was regarded as being poor, afflicted, and needy. The Sanchino Midrash Shabbat, Volume Two, Page Six Hundred Fifty Two. Rabbi Yochanan said, "Whenever poor, afflicted, or needy occurs, Scripture refers to Israel." So, in Matthew Chapter Five, Verse Three, Yeshua is teaching the multitude on the deeper level. This is a reference to the Northern Kingdom or Ephraim, scattered into the nations of the world, who are poor in spirit. What makes them poor in spirit? They've departed from the Torah. Matthew chapter 5, verse 3, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now, Yeshua is going to say then in Matthew chapter 5, verse 4, blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. So who are those who are mourning and what are they comforted regarding? Well, in Psalm 137, verse 1 and verse 4, it is written, by the rivers of Babylon, we sat down, we wept, blessed are they that mourn. We wept when we remembered Zion. So the weeping is the remembrance of Zion, and it says in verse four, "How shall we sing the Lord's song in a strange land?" In Psalm one twenty six, we have the following: verse one, "When the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dream." So the subject is ending the captivity of Zion, ending the captivity of the twelve tribes of Israel. And regarding that, it says, "They that sow in tears shall reap in joy." What did Yeshua say in Matthew chapter five, verse four? Blessed are they that mourn. So what are you mourning over? The captivity of Zion. They will be comforted. What is the comfort? Seeing the end of the exile of the 12 tribes of Israel. Those that sow in tears, Psalm 126, verse 5, will reap in joy. He that goes forth and weeps, bearing precious seeds, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. Comfort is associated with the end of the exile. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 1. Comfort ye, comfort ye my people, says your God. The voice of him that cries in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. So what is the comforting of his people? Well, in Isaiah chapter 40, verses 10 and 11, it explains, behold, the Lord will come with a strong hand and his arm shall rule for him. Behold, his reward is with him and his work is before him. When he's coming with a strong hand and a strong arm, his work is before him, his work Work is gathering the 12 tribes of israel so in verse 11 it says he shall feed his flock like a shepherd he will gather the lambs with his arms he's gathering the lambs he's gathering the exiles of israel we can see how comfort is associated with the end of the exile from jeremiah chapter 31 and in verse 10 it says hear the word of the lord O you nations and declare it in the isles afar off and say he that scattered israel will gather him and keep him as a shepherd does his flock so the subject is gathering the exiles of Israel And in speaking about the gathering of the exiles of Israel It says in Jeremiah 31 verse 13 Then will the virgin rejoice in the dance Both young men and old together I will turn their mourning into joy And will comfort them So the subject is he that scattered Israel will gather him And in gathering the exiles of Israel I'm going to turn that mourning that is exile into joy Into the exile And that joy will be in the form of comfort In Jeremiah chapter 31 and verse 15, Rachel is weeping for her children. So then she's told in verse 16 to refrain your voice from weeping. What is it that's going to cause her to refrain from weeping? It says at the end of verse 16 that her children will come again from the land of the enemy. The land of the enemy is exile. And it says in Jeremiah 31 verse 17, there is hope in your end, says the Lord, that your children will come again to their own border. So the return to the land of Israel is causing the mourning to become joy, and it is bringing comfort. That is the background to Yeshua's words in Matthew chapter 5, verse 4, where he said, Blessed are they that mourn. Now we know those who are mourning are mourning for the end of the exile of the 12 tribes, for they will be comforted. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 5, Yeshua says. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Who are the meek? Well, we're going to see that the meek are taught the Torah, and by returning to the Torah, they inherit the earth. In Psalm chapter 25, verse 9, it says, The meek he will guide in judgment, and the meek he will teach his way. The word meek here, the first occurrence in Psalm chapter 25, in verse 9, is the Strong's number 6035, in the Hebrew dictionary, and it means those who are poor, humble, afflicted. So the poor, the humble, the afflicted, will he guide in judgment and will teach his way. Psalm 37 verse 11, But the meek shall inherit the earth and shall delight themselves in the abundance of shalom, or peace. That abundance of shalom happens in the Messianic era when Messiah is ruling and reigning over his people and his people are no longer in exile. Isaiah chapter 61, verse 1, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to captives, the opening of prison, to them that are bound. So this is the background to understanding Matthew chapter 5, verse 5, Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Then Yeshua says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 6, Blessed are they that do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they will be filled. Righteousness is the right way that you are to live your life. And what's the right way that you are to live your life? Believe that Yeshua is the Messiah. Love him and keep his commandments, which means to follow his Torah. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 24 and 25, it is written, And the Lord commanded us to do all these statutes, to fear the Lord our God, for our good always, that he might preserve us alive as it is this day. And it shall be our righteousness, or the right way in which we are to live our lives, if we observe to do all these commandments before the Lord our God, as he has commanded us Psalm 119 verse 40 behold I have longed after your precepts quicken me in your righteousness being quickened in the righteousness of the God of Israel is following his precepts following his commandments following the Torah Psalm 119 verse 172 it is written my tongue shall speak of your word for all your commandments are righteousness his commandments or his word is righteousness Matthew chapter 5 verse 6 blessed are they that do hunger and thirst after righteousness, who hunger and thirst after following the Torah of the Messiah, for they shall be filled. Now, in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 7, Yeshua teaches, blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. The merciful follow the Torah, as we can see in Psalm 18, verses 21 to 23 and verse 25. Verse 21, it is written, I have kept the ways of the Lord and I'm not wickedly departed." From my God, for all His judgments were before me, and I did not put away His statutes from me. So His ways is keeping His judgments and His statutes. Or his Torah? I was also upright before Him, and I kept myself from my iniquity. So speaking about those who are following His Torah, it says in Psalm eighteen verse twenty-five, "With the merciful." Now this word merciful is the Strong's number twenty-six twenty-three. It's the Hebrew word hasid. And that means a holy one, a godly person. And so those who are seeking godliness, will you show yourself to be merciful? That means to be good, to be kind. So this is who Yeshua is addressing. In Matthew chapter 5 and verse 7, where he says, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 8, Yeshua continues and teaches, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Who are the pure in heart? Well, it's those that follow the Torah. Psalm 19, verse 8, The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. Psalm one nineteen verse one hundred forty it is written Your word is very pure, therefore your servant loves it. Your servant loves your word because it's pure and your commandment is pure or the Torah is pure. Psalm one nineteen verse ninety seven. Oh how I love your Torah, it is my meditation all the day. So when Yeshua is referring to the pure in heart, it's those who seek to follow after the God of Israel in his ways, believe that Yeshua is the Messiah, and have a heart to follow. Follow His Torah, Matthew chapter five verse nine. Yeshua taught, "Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God." Who are the peacemakers? Well, it is those who follow the Torah. Psalm one nineteen verse one sixty five. Great shalom have they which love your Torah, and nothing shall offend them. Malachi chapter two and verse six. The Torah of truth was in his mouth, and iniquity was not found in his lip. He walked with me in shalom and equity, and did turn many away from iniquity. So, the ones who follow after Shalom, the peacemakers, seek to follow the Torah. That is why Yeshua taught in Matthew chapter 5 verse 9, "Blessed are the peacemakers, those who seek to follow the Torah. They shall be called the children of God." Now Yeshua goes on to teach in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 10, "Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of God." Verse 12, "Rejoice and be exceedingly glad for great is your reward in heaven, for so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. The prophets were persecuted for preaching the Torah. Second Kings chapter seventeen verse thirteen. Yet the Lord testified against Israel and against Judah by all the prophets, saying, so this is what all the prophets said, Turn ye from your evil ways and keep my commandments and my statutes according to all the Torah which I commanded your fathers and which I sent to you by my servants, the prophets. The message of the prophets is for the people the God of Israel to follow the Torah. 2 Kings chapter 17, verses 14 and 50, Notwithstanding, they would not hear but harden their necks like the neck of their fathers that did not believe in the Lord their God. And they rejected his statutes and his covenant that he made with their fathers and his testimonies which he testified against them and they followed vanity and became vain and went after the heathen that were round about them concerning whom the Lord had charged them that they should not do like them. So Yeshua said you're blessed if you are persecuted for righteousness sake. You're blessed if you get persecuted because you are attempting to follow the Torah. Now Yeshua goes on and teaches in Matthew chapter Five in verse fourteen and sixteen, you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. The nation of Israel is called to be a light of the world. In the Sanchino Midrash Rabba, volume nine, page thirty-eight, it says, "Israel are light to the world, as it says, and the nations shall walk in your light." And that is from Isaiah chapter sixty and verse 3. It says in Matthew chapter 5 verse 14, you are the light of the world, that a city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Well, Jerusalem is a city surrounded by mountains. Psalm 125 in verse 2. And as the mountains are round about Jerusalem, so the Lord is round about his people from henceforth even forevermore. Yeshua then taught the multitudes that they are the light of the world. So he's teaching them that they are to believe that Yeshua is is the Messiah because Yeshua is the light of the world. But the people that follow him are to be light by believing in Yeshua and by following his Torah because the Torah is light. And by being that light to the world and following Yeshua, he is the bridegroom and we are his bride. And the marriage between the bridegroom and the bride takes place in Jerusalem. And so, therefore, Jerusalem is called the light of the world because it comes from the characteristics of the people who live and are associated with Jerusalem and that is those that believe in Yeshua and follow his Torah that is why Yeshua taught in Matthew chapter 5 verse 14 you are the light of the world and that a city that is set on a hill that's referring to Jerusalem literally but it refers to the people who believe in Yeshua and who follow his Torah they are likened unto Mount Zion because it says in Isaiah chapter 51 and And verse 16, that Zion is a term that refers to the people of the God of Israel. As it says at the end of Isaiah chapter 51, verse 16, Say unto Zion, you are my people. Now, you are the light of the world. The Torah is light. Well, that's going to conclude part six of the series on the subject, two houses and the New Testament. Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. Amen.
1: Hebraic Heritage Ministries also offers a monthly discipleship program. If you are interested in starting a fellowship group in your area, let us know. We would like to help you. Please contact us for more details. Our website is Hebrutes.org. That's hebroot dot O-R-G. We would like to hear from you. Please send us an email. Finally, in order to take advantage of today's free offer, please mention this product offer and...